About to get started with our next session with Brother Keith Moore. Uh, while you're making your way back to your seats, just a few announcements. Um, right after this session, um, we'll be having lunch next door uh, in our uh, youth facility. And, and so uh, just like as soon as we dismiss here, make sure you head next door. Uh, one thing on the, the uh, schedules you got in your, in your um, booklet, we will be beginning the, next, the afternoon sessions at 1.30, not 2 o'clock, okay? Uh, we realize we get done a lot quicker with eating with being next door and close. So just want you to know we're going to start the afternoon sessions at 1.30, okay? Um, also, don't forget in your packets that you receive, there's renew, renewal forms on there. Or you can go to hairjeffaid.com backslash HFMA and you can renew there uh, as well as after the conference is over. You can go back on there and you can watch the sessions um, from these meetings. Also encourage you to head to the bookstore uh, and you can pick up MP3s of the meetings and Dr. Savell's material as well. Amen. Dr. Savell, would you like to introduce Brother Keith Moore? All right. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for session two? Well, I am, praise God. Let's stand to our feet one more time, and uh, let's welcome Brother Keith Moore. I believe he has a great word to share with us. Amen. Come on, Keith. Thank you, Thank you Brother Jim. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We are so blessed, so, so, so blessed, more than we know, more than we know. Um, you just remain standing for just a moment. Um, like Brother Jerry was referring to earlier, I, uh, uh, some years ago, I was thanking the Lord for all the uh, access that we've had to great meetings and great uh, spending time with some uh, who I esteem God's greatest generals in the in our generation, and hearing all these messages, and uh, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, why, why us? Why Phyllis and me? I mean, we were little country guys, and nobody knew, and and when there are people. Millions on the planet never heard one good faith message yet. Not, not one. And we've heard, I don't know, tens of thousands. Been some of the greatest meetings ever. <laughs> and around some of the greatest people. And the Lord spoke to me. And said, uh, uh, he, he, he reminded me the first messages I heard, which was from Brother Copeland and Brother Jerry back in the 70s. And Phyllis and I got so excited about being redeemed from the curse of the law and the authority of the believer and how to live and walk by faith. And we endeavored to share it with some of our friends, and they were not impressed. <laughs> now, <laughs> I know from your response, right? Did you try to share it with some of your friends? And they were not impressed. And, and I, I mean, there, there was a particular tape or two that I tried to share with some of my friends, and I asked them about it the next day, and I said, what about that? And they said, oh, I hadn't got to it. I said, man, get to it. And so I saw them about a week later, and, and what about it? Oh, I listened to part of it, part of it. Well, what do you think? Oh, I don't know about all that. And um, the, the Lord spoke to me. He brought that to my remembrance. He said, I knew you would value it. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Wow. 
It's why he gave us more. It's what he, I asked him, why have we experienced so much? He said, I knew you would value it. And then about a couple of weeks later, he said further to me, he said, and I knew you'd do something with it. You'd use it. You'd put it into practice. So uh, we want more, don't we? So we want to continue to value it. Hallelujah. And continue to do something with it. So join me in prayer. Let's release faith about this. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this ministry. Thank you for the surveillance, their family, their staff. Thank you for this ministerial organization. Every ministry gift and ministry that's represented here, Lord, we thank you for it. It's, it's gifts. They are gifts. We are gifts from you to your people. And we thank you for the privilege to do this. We ask you for the anointing that teaches and reveals and reminds and restores and heals. We ask you for answers. We ask you for direction. We ask you for a supply, uh, an enablement, divine grace deposits and impartations that will enable us to be more and do more and have more for your glory. We ask for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. If you agree with that, you can be seated. Uh, one of the things I'm thankful for and, and value that I wanted to mention, I think it was two years ago that I was at this conference, Brother Jerry. And it was one of the first times you were speaking after that incident. And uh, in my mind, I got to witness a miracle. Hallelujah. That what just not many days before didn't recognize family or how to start a a Corvette. That's... And that's the enemy trying to mess with you there. And, uh, and, and uh, I saw Brother Jerry get up and, and start by faith like he always does. And in my, from my perception, I saw a flow. I saw, you know, he'd pause a little bit and he'd come the, the revelation and the work and the utterance. I'm thankful that he's here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And uh, fully functional. Hallelujah. hundred percent. And just think about it. I mean, these, uh, if it hadn't been for the Lord, there wouldn't have been these past couple of years of ministry and whatever else. This is a gift. Do you believe it? This is a gift. This time. These years, this is a gift. It makes a difference what you believe. It makes a difference how you live. Thank God for this. It's easy to, to get used to it. It's easy to take it for granted. But we'd know the difference if he wasn't here. Right? The Lord would still be with you, but thank God. Let's thank him another time. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your grace, your kindness, your faithfulness. So faithful, merciful. Thank you. 
for the gifts, your ministry gifts and the gifts of more time. Thank you. We heartfelt thanks. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, look with me in the scriptures, please. You said you're believing with me. I mean, you should know about that. Makes a difference if people are with you or if they're just there. I've been to a few places, thank, thank the Lord, not too many, but a few where people were sitting there like, we've heard the best. Who are you? Wow me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Tough crowd there, man. <laughs> but when you got folks that are with you, and even if you make a mistake and and you, you quote the verse wrong or something, they go, oh, we know what you mean. Go ahead. Go ahead. We got, we're, we're with you. That really makes a difference, doesn't it? It does. And I, I know that that's who you are and what you are. In uh, Matthew 18, in praying about my part in this, I believe I'm impressed with these great truths. And these are life-changing things. And, um, well, I'm trying to get ahead of myself now. Uh, Matthew 18, let me read the scripture. Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said, Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, we know that he's with us by his spirit individually. If we're alone, he's with us. We don't have to wait till we get with somebody else for the Lord to be with us. Right? But that's not what this said. He said, I'll be there in the midst of them. This is something else. This is a manifestation of his presence. Are y'all with me, friends? That happens uh, when believers get together in faith in his name. Uh, you could also refer to this as a corporate manifestation of his presence or corporate anointing sometimes we call it. So uh, the Lord is with us all the time. He never leaves us nor forsakes us, but he's not in the same degree, his presence is not in the same degree of manifestation all the time. And when another one or two, and this is a minimum number, you understand, two or three, then of course it worked with four, right? <laughs> or 10. Yeah. Are gathered together, how? In my name. In my name, there am I in the midst of them. So there's going to be a manifestation of his presence that's different than just you and I individually. 
And it's going to be not when we come together in the name of a denomination. Huh? Or in the name of word of faith. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Or in your name. Or in my name. Now it's necessary to say this because why would he say in my name? This has to do with a, a faith and a reverence, a respect, an honor of him, and his name represents him, all that he is. A reverence, a respect. Look with me, if you would, in the book of Psalms. In Psalm 111... Y'all okay? Psalm 111. I'm just going, let's just read the whole psalm. Verse 1, Psalm 111, verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. I'll praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. So this is in a corporate uh, group setting. The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. We have pleasure in him and his works. We seek him and his works and his ways. His work is honorable and glorious. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. His work is honorable and glorious. Honor and glory, they go to, they're not the same thing, but they go together. Um, and honor has to do with the same thing we're just talking about. Uh, the Lord said, those that honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me, so this would, that would be the opposite of honor, despising. Those that despise me will be lightly esteemed. So honor, or the lack of it, has to do with estimation. It has to do with valuing. And the word honor and glory uh, could also be translated as heavy. And heavy in the sense of valuable. In those days, when you went to buy something, there were no cash registers or credit cards, no swiping or any of that. But if you, if you made a big purchase, they'd pull out the balance. And they would take the weight. That's why the Lord said that, you know, uh, uh, an unjust weight's an abomination to him. That's the way people cheated folks. You'd take a weight and say, well, it's going to cost X amount. So then you would put the equivalent weight of silver or gold, whatever precious metal, on the other side of that balance. And when it balanced the amount it's supposed to be, that's what you paid for it. Well, if it was really expensive... It was heavy, right? It took a heavy amount 
to, ba- to balance that, to purchase it. And so even the terminology is still with us today, how we weigh something, how we value it, how we esteem it. And um, God's a God of honor. And he, he values things that are truly precious. He told the, uh, the leaders of the Jews in Luke where um, Jesus said, take heed. Uh, you know, about covetousness because a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And they were offended at that. And he said that what men hold in high esteem and regard is abomination to God. Two completely different value systems. And we got to watch and not be conformed to this world by valuing what the world values. Right? Because what's most important to the world should not be, must not be, what's most important to us. So, you know, people get together for all kind of reasons, including religious activities, including so-called Christian activities. But that doesn't mean they gather in his name. Can you see this, friends? Because gathering in his name is going to be gathering with a reverence for him. Not a cold formality, but a true, genuine honor of him and his things. And when you do this, and we do this together, it initiates a manifest presence. This is the exciting thing. Hallelujah. It initiates. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the right word. He responds with a manifestation of his presence. Like he said, when we do this. Uh, in the last, uh, what Brother Kenneth Hagin referred to as the last two uh, parts of his earthly ministry. Uh, in one of them. He emphasized this. I had the privilege of being able to travel with him uh, in his meetings and on the road for a number of years. And he emphasized this. He preached at one time, I don't know, it was a year or two, just on a regular basis. He'd start talking about the presence of God and the glory of God and the presence of God. And he would remark to us and different ones, he'd say, now you watch, when people begin to reverence him more, his presence will manifest stronger. Hallelujah. And we saw it. We saw it repeatedly. When people begin to reverence God more, reverence his spirit, reverence his word and his things more, you immediately begin to sense the manifest presence of God. Hallelujah. So that, if that's the case, we weren't waiting on him. Can you see that? He He's responding to us. And it's a subtle thing. It's a subtle thing that you can just get so caught up in this uh, natural life that you're focused on other things. Hmm? And so you think about other things and you talk about other things and just are on a low 
level of awareness. But when you, your focus changes, hmm? and instead of talking about all this temporary stuff, you talk about eternal things, and uh, you set your focus on things above, not on things beneath. You know, sometimes you hear people say, oh, they uh, used to say it at least, you know, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. That's impossible. That's impossible. In fact, you are, you are no true earthly good unless you are heavenly minded. Now, you can be goofy minded and call it heavenly or spiritual, but to be genuinely focused and aware on things above is a big part of what makes you valuable because if you're getting things from above that makes you valuable yeah. on the earth right and that's that's what people need they need answers from above thank you lord hallelujah <laughs> but uh like i said brother hagan to tell us you know watch watch when the people when the ministers and the people in the meeting begin to show greater respect and greater reverence, because he'd teach on it and preach on it, and over the course of sometimes a couple of weeks, you'd see it happen. Then you'd begin to sense the presence of God. Then you'd begin to sense it stronger, and begin to sense it stronger. And isn't isn't this what we des- desire? Yes. I mean, this is this is more important than so many other things. Is having His presence manifested? Manifested. Huh? Some things is better felt than told. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? By, you know, uh, yes, we walk by faith. Yes, we don't have to have feelings in order to believe. But I tell you what, for this old boy, I'll take all the feelings he will give me. You understand what I mean by that? I don't have to have it to believe. But you do the right thing, you're going to have some feelings sometime. There should be. Not just dry analysis. (laughs) (laughs) There should be manifestations of His presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this does things for you beyond what your head knows it does things for you oh somebody say thank you we, we need to have a, a mindset like Moses did go back to Exodus I didn't finish reading the psalm did I I got to finish reading the psalm then we'll go back there and look let's fix because this is too good to, to, to leave off uh, verse 3 his work is honorable and glorious. His righteousness endures forever. He's made his wonderful works. I think this goes along with extraordinary, doesn't it? Wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's given meat or food to them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. Now this term them that fear him is what we're talking about. 
Another term for what we're talking about is the fear of God. Not fear that he's going to hurt you. But the, the reverence of God. Is there a lot in the word about the fear of God? It's, it's actually a qualifier. I said it's a qualifier. What do you mean? Well, he gives food, not, not just to everybody, to them that fear him. You know, sometimes you'll see, hear people quote half the verse from uh, Romans that, you know, even tragedies happen and people say, well, you know, the Bible said everything works out for our good. No, it didn't. It's not what it said. It was that, that verse is directed to a very specific group of people. Not everybody. He causes all things to work together for good to them that love him. Does everybody love him? Huh? Maybe in this room? <laughs> but does everybody on the planet love God? No. So is everything working out together for their good? No. No, it is not. <laughs> and for those that reverence him, they'll experience things that others don't. It's a qualifier. Uh, he has showed his people the power of his works that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. And the works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people. Hallelujah. And we have received it. And we are redeemed. That's why we're born again. That's why we're here. We are redeemed. He has commanded his covenant forever. Whoo. Holy and reverent is his name. Say that out loud. Holy and reverent is his name. This is what I wanted you to see in connection with two or three gathered together in his name. Holy and reverend is his name. The angels know this. Those in heaven know this. There, there's no disrespectful mocking of God around the throne or in heaven. There is down here. But there's not just the disrespectful mocking and blaspheming. There's also just disregard, which the Bible calls despising. Uh, when we hear the word despise, we usually think detest or abhor. But despise in the Bible covers a lot more area. To just fail to recognize something is despising it when it's important to God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Is to, to just act like it's not there, like it doesn't matter, when he said this is important, that's despising. And remember, he said, those that honor me, I will honor. And, you know, he, he was saying that specifically about Eli and his sons and one of the things they were doing, they were treating the offerings of the Lord with contempt. Yes. 
and the services, and they were just, you know, shoving the offerings in their pockets and taking advantage of situations. And, and this is the setting in which the Lord said, those that honor me, I will honor. They, wouldn't, they were not honoring him. Those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. You treat him like he doesn't matter, your things will be treated like they don't matter. You treat his things like they're first priority and everything, your things will be enhanced and blessed. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. When you want what he wants, for the same reasons he wants it, you become unstoppable. You're not asking him to bless your plan. You got the plan from him. It came pre-blessed. <laughs> and, and already provided for. All you got to do is walk it out. <laughs> so much of the struggle is trying to get God to bless our thing. And the greatest competition to God's plan is our plan. The greatest competition to God's will is our life. Our life. Uh, You know, Jesus said, if if you're going to be my disciple, uh, you you can't love mother, father, child, sister, brother, your own life also more than me. Uh, you got to be willing to uh, sacrifice anything and everything. There's a lot of churchgoers that are believers. They're not disciples. Right. You and I, are, there shouldn't be anything as a minister who's not a disciple. What do you mean? A, a minister should be a disciple. A disciple is one who is in training to be with the master, to develop just like the master. And you, you won't rise above him, but everyone that is perfected, fully developed, will be as the master. Right? Don't take, don't take any man or woman that you love and respect and set them up as your ultimate example. You're not looking high enough. Hmm? Thank God for them. Uh, and, and the reason that you love them and, and want to be like them is because to some degree, they've become like him. But you want to go ahead and lift your eyes on up. <laughs> you know, not counting that you've arrived, forgetting those things that are behind, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is the mark? What is the bullseye? It's being just like him. Just like him. And and to to pursue that that way, you reverence him. He is he your is Jesus your hero? Come on, help me out. Is he everything you want to be when you're fully developed? You are like him, but you're in a, a you know childhood, teenage level development. You are like him, but not at the full you know, adulthood, manhood stage. So, uh, how'd I get into all that? <laughs> uh, he sent redemption to his people. He commanded his covenant forever. 
Holy and reverend is his name. Notice the next verse. The fear of the Lord is the start of wisdom. The what? The beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they who do his commandments, his praise endures forever. This book is a closed book to people who don't respect it. I don't care how many degrees you got, how intelligent you're supposed to be, you won't see any of it. You won't see any of the precious light and life and revelation if you don't respect it. If you view it and treat it and talk about it as just another work, literary work, among the millions. Oh, yeah, it has some beautiful prose in the Psalms. And aren't those creation myths and, and stuff interesting? I don't care how smart a person's supposed to be, they will see nothing out of you. And it'll seem to confirm their unbelief. Right? If you want to see what's in here, it begins with respect. Oh, come on. Are y'all with me or not? It starts with reverence. Before you read a word, you go, this is the word of God. (laughs) Y'all with me or not? This is the God breathed, eternal, perfect, infallible, unfailable, Word of God. Hallelujah. And when I read this, I'm going to see mysteries that have been hid for generations. I'm going to see things that that change lives. And spirit. Now, now when you approach it that way, you'll keep seeing. You'll keep seeing. You get tired of being respectful. It'll get old and cold. And it's not because it changed. You changed. Hmm? You get bored with church, tired of praying, tired of studying. You'll see less and less. You'll understand less and less, and that'll make it more boring. Come on, can you see that? But what's required is an adjustment of respect. Hmm? An adjustment of reverence. This is something we choose to do in our heart. Jesus said, you know, he asked one individual on one occasion, he said, how do you read that? Jesus asked a person, talking about a passage. How do you read that? And then on another occasion, he said, take heed what you hear. And then he said, take heed how you hear. For with the measure you meet, it'll be measured to you again. What does that mean? Exactly what we're talking about. The, me- the measure you meet. The measure of what? Well, it also has to do with how you measure it. How you esteem it. How you view it. If, if you say, oh, I don't go for all that such and such stuff, you know, I, I don't see the benefit of all that. Exactly. You don't see it. <laughs> Your eyes are blinded. 
Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't respect it, you won't see it. You don't respect it, you won't understand it. You malign it, you, talk, you treat it lightly, with contempt, you won't see it. You won't be able to understand it. Because I don't care. You can study till you fall off your chair from exhaustion. <laughs> you can learn the original languages. You can do everything you want to do and get nothing of any value unless the Holy Spirit reaches inside you and turns the light on. You won't see it. You won't get it. Because this is not something figured out through powerful intellect. You won't get it. But where does, where does the wisdom of God begin? Help me out. Where, the fear of the Lord. You, this is, this is, you'll see this more than once in the Proverbs and other places. The, the fear of the Lord is the start of understanding everything. Hallelujah. Wisdom has to do with being able to see the outcome of things and the end from the beginning. God sees it. He sees it all. And the more we reverence him and respect him, the more we'll see. We'll get glimpses of glory. Hallelujah. Part of the Holy Spirit's ministry is to lead and guide us into all the truth. Did you hear that? All, all the truth to bring to our remembrance everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. All all that he has said to us and to show us things to come. Are we hungry for any of this? Huh? He also said, you know, if you covet earnestly the best gifts, that's what we're talking about. Word of wisdom is one of the gifts of the spirit. That's a revelation of the mind of God, of the plan of God. It gives you glimpses. The, the word of wisdom gives you glimpses into things to come. Amen. The word of knowledge is things, something that God knows. Discerning the spirits. Being able to perceive the realm of the spirit. See in the spirit. Hear in the spirit. Be aware. Anybody hungry for any of these things? Come on. Huh? That ought to be every hand, right? I mean, huh? You hungry for these things? Where does it start? Reverence. Respect. Can we grow in honoring God? Can we develop in our respect for Him? We live in a crude, ungodly world. And that's why we're warned, don't be conformed to this world. We and in the last few decades, it hasn't gotten better where the respect thing is concerned. It's gotten worse. I mean, back in the, even the 50s and 60s, uh, you know, as a usual thing, you wouldn't see people talking to or about their elders or their, uh, you know, people, their elected officials even, or their, you know, their parents, the way people talk nowadays. That's a reflection of a lack of respect for God. It goes hand in hand. You can't say, oh, I respect God, but then you treat people with disrespect. 
that, that doesn't work. It's just like love. It's just like faith. He said, if you say you, you love God, but you hate your brother, you're a liar. Why? Because these things are shown. Love for God is shown in love for people. Respect for God. Same way is shown in respect for people. Hmm? Hallelujah. <laughs> what are you laughing about? I love the presence of the Lord. Don't you love the presence of the Lord? And what we're talking about will get us an immediate increase of this. An immediate result. I'm telling you right now. Right now, the next few minutes, if we make an adjustment here or there, you'll sense the presence of God. He's already here. We, we already sensed him earlier, but if we just make an effort to be more respectful of him, of his Holy Spirit, you'll begin to sense his presence. He said it. Draw near to me. What did he say? He didn't say something may or may not happen. No, he said, you draw near to me. He'll respond. He will draw near to you. Well, he's already in us and with us. So what does that mean? It has to do with his manifested presence. We, we need to develop a resolve that we're unwilling to, to do without his manifested presence. Because you can, you, you can, you can get cold. You still love God. You're still saved. But you can get used to not experiencing the presence of God. Wow. Hmm? That's good. And say, so, well, I'm, I'm walking by faith. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but you're supposed to have some of the other two. Look in Exodus 33. Exodus 33. Is this okay? Thank you, Lord. I believe this is, this is a part of us getting those extraordinary things. Hmm? The brother, the Spirit of God saying through Brother Jerry. Hallelujah. Hold. When, when the Spirit of God manifests, and it doesn't have to be in a ministry line. God does things just uh, like this right now in the service as, as people are sitting there. The Bible said he sent his word and healed things. Glory to God. And delivered them from their destructions. Come on. As we are, you know, there's more than a couple of us gathered together. Are we gathered together in his name? Not your name. Not my name. Not an organization. We're, We're gathered together in his, his name. And he's everything to us. Is that right? He is. The head of the church. Do you love him, saints? He he, he is the unquestionable king of kings. Lord of lords. He's the beginning and the end. He's everything. Everything above all. Far above. His name is far above. Every name that is named. We reverence him. We respect him. We honor him. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> and when we do, <laughs> he honors us with his presence. And in his presence, <laughs> in his presence, Woo. In his presence <laughs> is fullness, fullness of joy. And, he, and the joy of the Lord is your, your strength. Man, in his, in his presence is everything you need and desire. Everything. Everything. Hallelujah. As ministers. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> His presence is here. As, as ministers, we must not rely on our persona, on our understanding, our speech, to get the results. Amen. What do you mean? Well, hold your place in Exodus. Go to 1 Corinthians. <laughs> what, what do you mean? 1 Corinthians, first chapter. Well, actually the second chapter for time's sake. First Corinthians two, verse one. I, brethren, when I came to you, Spirit of God through Paul, he said, I, I didn't come in excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus, the Christ. And him crucified. Now, Paul is a, he's a brilliant man. He's a highly educated man. And from all accounts, uh, a tremendous speaker, orator. And he had excelled above everybody in, in the ranks of the Pharisees as a younger man. But he says things in Philippians like, I count it all dumb. <laughs> I just counted garbage and refuse. Compared to the knowledge of the Christ, and he he's describing here what he's counting on to get something done. Not his natural ability. He said, uh, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. What's, what's that about? Now, he's faith, man. He's not just yielding to unbelief. But how many believe that he is very respectful of God, very respectful of the Holy Spirit? My, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Everybody say demonstration, demonstration. of the Spirit, of the Spirit. And, of power. and of power. Well, when, when the, the presence of God is manifested... That's a demonstration of the Spirit. And that's a demonstration of power. 
He said, that's what I'm counting on. I'm counting on that. Why? The next verse. Why? So that your faith wouldn't stand in how smart I am. Your faith would not stand in Paul's experiences. Or Paul's call. Or Paul's anointing. That your faith would stand in the power of God. Why? Because you experienced a demonstration. Not of Paul. Huh? You, you didn't leave the, the services going, man, that Paul's something, ain't he? That Paul is, man, he's brilliant. You don't want people to leave impressed with you. Come on, help me out. You, that's not what you want. That is not what you want. Your flesh wants it, but tell your flesh to get behind. Your unrenewed mind, the pride, wants that, wants to impress people. I don't even have to ask you if you've ever tried to impress people. I know you have. The time you're a kid. That's pride. It's ugly. It gets in the way. Actually, God hates it. He hates it. I'm quoting scripture. Why? It is the nature of the devil himself. Pride. There's no such thing as a good pride. Mrs. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of my kids. That's a good pride, right? No, it's not. There's no such thing as a good pride. I'm proud to be an American. Uh-oh, did I lose somebody? <laughs> What's wrong with that? You got the good pride. No, no. Pride is the nature of the devil. Are you listening? Do you want to have something that's the nature of the devil that you're holding on to? When Jesus was baptized in the river and came up and the Spirit of God came on him in the shape and form of a dove, the Father spoke from heaven. What did he say? This is my beloved son. I am so proud of him. Huh? No. When you're being proud of your kids, you're being proud of yourself because they're your kids. Come on, can you see that? You can be thankful. I said you can be thankful. Be thankful. You can be pleased. Come on, get, get rid of that word proud and don't just change the word, change the heart thing. Right? I'm, I'm so pleased my children are doing well. Why? The way you're talking now, you're not going to give the credit to yourself. That's good. Yeah, we did good on them, didn't we? That's one thing we did, right? Well, we raised some good ones, didn't we? <laughs> now, now, why am I talking about this? Because this is what gets in the way of the presence. This, and, and there are all kind of degrees and forms of it. It's very subtle. I know uh, uh, years ago, one of the first cars, automobiles, that Phyllis and I believe for 
The Lord taught me a valuable lesson on it. Um, we needed a car in the worst way. Ours had let us down halfway on a trip across the country. I mean, left us out in the middle of nowhere in, in the rain. <laughs> About two hours before daylight. And uh, I won't go into all that, but uh, we needed a car. And so um, we were just learning how to believe God. So we believed for a car, and we got an uh, Oldsmobile Toronado. And that, that's back when an Oldsmobile was an Oldsmobile. I mean, big chrome bumpers, big long, big long hood. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it was, it was a pretty thing. It had a two-tone silver and black paint job, wire wheels. It was used, but it, it was a good-looking car. And so the Lord really helped us on this. And we got this car. And I'm, I was working in healing school at that time. And so I came back in after the weekend. Some of the guys that were helping me, they saw me drive up in this Oldsmobile. And they, they came out and they said, uh, oh, one of the guys said, oh, Brother Keith, what, what is this? Is it your, is your car? I said, yeah. They, they looked around it, and they shouted and praised God, and they said, how, how did you get it? How would you get it? I said, uh, I believed God for it. And uh, they praised God, and, and I left. And when I said it, something bothered me on the inside. little something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean we had the conversation and finished, but little something didn't sit quite right. And so later on, I... Uh, I, we had a prayer time. I was praying. That came back up to me. And I thought, Lord, was there something wrong about any of that? What, what happened? And he replayed it for me. The guy asked me, how'd you get this? And I said, I believed God for it. No, no, I didn't say that. I believed for it. Wow. I believed for it. It's what I said. Now, you know, a lot of times it's not just the exact phrase. It's always the heart, right? It's always about the heart. And so I thought, well, Lord, there's something wrong with that phrase. And he began to speak to me. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me, conversation between me and the Holy Spirit. He began to say, he said, well, Keith, um, this faith that you believed with, where'd you get that? <laughs> I said, well, it's a, it's a measure of, of your faith, your own faith. And he said, and how'd you get it? I said, well... From hearing your word. And he said, uh, and were you, when you and Phyllis were believing for this, were there a time or two that you kind of got tired and needed a boost? And, and uh, I had people preach on things that stirred you up and, and built your faith up. And I said, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And he said, and, and, and who brought the money in? And who gave you favor? And who helped you find the deal? And I said, well, that was you and, and you and you, he said, well, it's my faith, came from my word, I encouraged you, I sustained you, I, I sent the money, I caused the deal to come together, and you didn't even mention me. You just said, I believe for it. And he said, and here's the bigger issue. That young man and those folks that help you, they left impressed with your faith which puts them no closer to getting something of like kind because the enemy will tell them, well, yeah, but you don't have faith like that. 
And he said, I want to do the same thing or more for every one of them. They need to leave impressed with me, not you. Come on, can you see that? Can you see that? Um, look, look in John, the seventh chapter, please. We haven't changed subjects. Did I show the Lord the proper reverence in that statement? I believed for it. Do you hear what I'm saying? No, I didn't. So I, I didn't mention him. I didn't mention him. Yeah, my faith was a factor. But dear me, you know, if it hadn't have been for him, feeding it to you, holding you by the hand, <laughs> right? Amen. Having to repeat things to you. Moving on the other end, I mean, you had a part, but he did all the rest, right? And he should be mentioned. How many think he should be mentioned? If he did something, he should at least (laughs) be mentioned. He should be mentioned. The Lord did it for us. He did this. He did that. Remember our Psalms talked about his wondrous works. And telling them, talking about them. But when we do talk about them, we should talk about him, not just what we did relative to. In in John 7, it's not a good place to get too quiet. John 7, verse 14, Jesus went into the temple and taught. The Jews marveled. They said, how knows this man letters, having never learned? How can he speak like this? How does he know this? Uh, Let's just back up a little bit. They're talking about knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Where does wisdom start? Help with me, help me. The fear and reverence of the Lord. How did he, how did he get this? Verse 16. What did he say? My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Notice what he didn't say when they said, where'd you, where'd you get all this revelation? How, how'd you get all these things? He didn't say, well, you got to pay the price. When others were playing, I was praying. <laughs> Now, you're laughing, but do people talk like this sometimes? Right. Got to pay the price. <laughs> no. The wisdom of God revealed, the knowledge and understanding of God revealed, doesn't come as a result of how hard you study. Now, you're supposed to study, but, but if it's just study, and you, you're showing what you can come up with, that's what it'll be. What you came up with. It won't be Revelation. And there are people preaching reasoning as though it were revelation. And there's a lot of folks who don't know the difference. One of the easy ways to tell the difference. Reasoning makes you go, hmm. (laughs) Revelation makes you go, glory to God. (laughs) There's life. 
there's, there's quickening in Revelation. Reasoning is, you're thinking, that. well, that's interesting. Boy, they're smart. Uh, my doctrine's not mine, but his that sent me. Jesus never took personal credit for one message he preached. He never took personal credit for one healing or one deliverance or one miracle. In fact, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. I just say what I hear. I just do what I see. The Father in me, he does the works. Is he reverencing the Father? Is he, is he giving glory and honor to the Father? Should we do the same thing? We should do the same thing. The focus should be off of us and on to him. That's not trying to be humble. That's being honest. That's being honest. <laughs> Anything else is a lie. You taking credit for what he did is a lie. <laughs> Listen, now you talk about an extraordinary thing. You talk about a wonder. Is somebody being raised from the dead? That's extraordinary. Right? And when uh, Lazarus was raised from the dead, do you remember how that happened? Jesus got there, and right before it happens, he starts praying out loud. He said, Father, (laughs) I thank you that you hear me, and I know you hear me all the time, but I'm saying it for these that are here. Why Why is he doing that? He's got their attention off of him. And on to the Father. Come on, can you see that? Because when he walked up there, they're all wondering, what's he doing here? Why is he here? All eyes are on him. Somebody said, yeah, but that's Jesus. Yeah, but he's functioning as a man. And he's showing us, and he's providing an example for us. So then he says, Father, (laughs) thank you that you hear me all the time. That you're hearing me, and I know you hear me all the time, and, and so I'm saying it for the benefit of these. So their attention is going to the Father, and then He turns and says, "Lazarus, come out of here." Gets their focus off of Him, onto God. He can hear from God now. If people are focused on you, looking to you to do it, there shall no flesh glory in His presence. Come on, are y'all with me? All that'll do is pressure you and prevent things from happening. It it can prevent things from happening. People looking too much to you. What did he say? He said, verse uh, 18, He that speaks of himself is seeking what? His own glory. Which is, you know, he didn't talk about how holy he had lived, which had been completely holy. He didn't talk about, you know, how he had pleased the Father with his faith every day of his life. He didn't talk about that. 
Talk about how he had read or studied or, you know, how at age 12, he's already got enough word in him that he's asking the scribes questions. And he just said, uh, my doctrine is not mine. I didn't come up with this. I didn't figure this out. Hmm? The Lord gave it to me. Hallelujah. The one that sent me gave it to me. Now, I'm still talking about the same thing. If we talk about ourselves, and you got to watch it because that's just flesh. And any pride that hadn't been identified and dealt with, that's what it does. It talks about what I think, what I want, what I know, what I've seen, my opinion. Hmm? But if I, if I only, t- I've had people come up to me before and say, you know, Brother Keith, uh, God uses me in all nine gifts of the Spirit. Okay. Why'd they tell me that? To bless me? To help me? Why? They, they're speaking of themselves, doing what? Seeking their own glory, but it doesn't work. People who really are spiritual go, I doubt it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because if you have been used by the Spirit of God, you really love it. And you don't want anybody to mess that up. And so you don't want people looking at you. Right? Because you want to get used again. Right? You want to get more. And you know if it was amazing and wonderful... It wasn't you. It came through you. It was him. If it was bad, it was you. (laughs) If it was amazing, it was him. Right? That's not trying to be humble. It's being honest. (laughs) And, And we talk about him and we focus on him. We gather together in his name. His name is the focus, not you, not me. He's the focus. Can you see that? He said, I'll be right there in the midst of you. We'll experience a manifestation. And if we grow in it, an increasing manifestation of the presence of God, so will the people we minister to. And their faith won't stand in us. Hmm? it'll stand in the power of God because they have experienced demonstrations. Oh, anybody hungry for this? For more of this? We, we've had some, but for, for even more. Demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. Come on, just, just say it out loud right now. Father God, we do hunger and desire greatly covet earnestly your presence the workings of your Holy Spirit the gifts and manifestations of your power and your spirit your presence this is everything to us your presence we seek and desire Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Whew. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You got another minute or you need to go right now? I didn't read the passage to you in Exodus. You still got that? Or? Hmm? All right, let's, let's read it and then I think we can, we can break. Exodus 33. Uh, we're familiar with the passage where Moses said, you know, Lord, show me your glory. You remember that, right? Show me, show me your glory. But I want, I want to back up and talk about what led up to him saying this and doing this. What has happened in the previous chapter is he has, God has come down on the mountain in fire and they heard, all the people heard the voice of God and it scared them. And they said, you know, you go talk to him. If we hear this voice again, we think we'll die. Now that, that is a glimpse. God is far greater than we know. Hmm? What do you mean? He, a lot of people have, I don't know, uh, this version of God, and you can tell by how disrespectful they speak about him, they don't know him very well. Come on. But you, ex- you, you, you experience much of a manifestation of the presence of God. For one thing, you kind of feel like a pebble at the base of Mount Everest. <laughs> and he's not trying to make you feel that way. He's just big. Oh, he's big and so powerful and knows everything. Before you start to have a thought to say something, he saw it coming. So don't try to play with it. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? He, he is so big. All you got to do is look at what he created. Look at our star. Look at the sun. He created, what, billions, trillions of them? He, he created gravity. The one who created them is bigger than that and stronger and wiser and greater. So he, uh, he went up to the mount and God communed with him 40 days, giving him his ordinances and statutes and, and actually giving him a, a blueprint of the um, mercy seat and what would go into the tabernacle. It was patterned uh, in detail after the real in heaven. He's given him all that. Now, when the people heard the voice of God and saw the fire, they said, oh, the Lord's God, whatever he says, we will do it. We will do it. And he gave them the Ten Commandments. Number two commandment is don't have any other God, don't make any graven images. Hmm? And they said, absolutely. Absolutely. All the people said, absolutely. But in less than two months' time, less than two months, Moses up there on the mountain with God still, and the people came to Aaron and said, as for this Moses, we don't know what's become of him. 
Now, just do you hear about that? What is that right there? Disrespect. Come on, can you see that? This guy. You mean the guy that just led you out of Egyptian bondage? Huh? Who had a hand in the greatest miracles anybody's ever seen on the planet? This guy. Yeah, we don't know what's happened to him. So you need to make us some gods. What? And, and he did. <laughs> and and it, it angered God. It, it angered him. He told Moses while he was up in the mount what had happened. And Moses came down. He interceded with God for him because God was ready to be done with him. And uh, he came down. When he saw it, made him so mad, he threw the tablets down and broke them. It was a problem. And I want you to notice in the start of the 33rd chapter, the result of this. Because this leads up to what Moses asked. Verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, depart and go you hence, leave, leave here, you and the people which you have brought up out of the land of Egypt. Now, you hear the language? You... And that bunch you brought up, <laughs> God is not happy with them. I'm telling you, he's not. You can't blame him. To the land I swore to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, saying unto your seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before you, and I'll drive out to Canaanite, and Amorite, and Hittite, Perizzite, Hivite, Jebusite. In other words, just like I, I told you I would do. To the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of you. I'm not going with you, personally. I'll send the angel, but I'm not going. Because you are a stiff-necked people, I'm concerned I may consume you on the way. And he really was. So he said, I'm not going. And all the people mourned and because the Lord had called them stiff-necked, and they were, and because he said he wasn't going with them. He wasn't going with them. And verse 12, 33, 12, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, and you've not let me know whom you'll send with me. Yeah, he told him. He just didn't like what he said. He he said, yet you've said, I know you by name, and you've found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. He said, it's not just a bunch I brought up, it's, it's your people. And the Lord gave him the answer he was wanting. He said, my presence will go with you. Oh, hallelujah. And, and I will give you rest. And Moses said, if your presence go not with me, then carry us not, uh, not up from here. I don't want to leave here. If you're not going, I'm not going. He said, I'm going to send an angel. He said, yeah, but I want you. I want your presence. See, he's experienced the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. He's been, he didn't see the face of God, but he's been face to face in that kind of proximity with him. He has experienced, uh, it's wonderful to experience the manifestations of a holy angel, but that ain't the father. That ain't him. Come on, are y'all with me? And he, he has experienced 
the manifestation of the Father himself. And, and when the Father said, I'm not going. I had it with you. I'm paraphrasing. but And, and so Moses said, no. <laughs> no, now. Come on. You told me I found grace in your sight. You told me I had favor with you. And so the Lord says, okay. All right. I'll go with you. Moses said, good, because if you weren't going, I wasn't going. <laughs> what, what, what are we talking about here? We need to get to the place where we are not willing to have and do things without the manifestation of his presence. Come on, are y'all with me? We're not willing to have prayer times. We're not willing to have study times. We're not willing to have healing lines. Yes, we live by faith. Yes, we walk by faith. We're not saying I'm not going to believe unless I sense or feel something. We're not saying that. We we know that. We've grown in that. But we also are supposed to have the manifestation of his presence. Hmm? And one of the keys to it is if you'll be willing to not have it, then that's where you'll be. If you're okay... Like, you know, well, we, we, we do this and we can talk about this Greek definition and that, that Hebrew and Chaldean, uh, into, you know, definition and we can, we can do this, we can do this, we can do that. Yeah, but you, you can wind up with people's faith being in your study. Wow, so true. You don't want that. No, no, That's not enough. No, no. That's when church becomes boring. Come on. Dull. We need to be like Moses. And people that have really experienced the presence of God, after that, nothing else. Not, not the accolades of men, no amount of smoke and mirrors coming. You, you don't go for any of the rest. Once you've had the real, that's all you want now, right? Because that never gets old. That never gets tiresome. That never gets old. But we got to be hungry for it. We got to even be like Moses, like you know, Lord. Well, if you're not going to manifest in this, I'm staying home. Right, come on, we we got to have you, because he said, uh, "For wherein shall it be known that I and your people have found grace in your sight? Is it not that you do go with us? So shall we be separated, I and your people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? This is the thing that distinguishes us." From all the other religions of the world. Come on y'all with me. And from even intellectual people that call themselves Christians that are not born again. What's the difference? The presence. Oh somebody say the presence. The presence of the living God. Oh hallelujah. He's alive. We're not just talking about theory and doctrine and steps and definitions That's a part. We're unwilling to be without the living presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't have to be. Yeah, we're going to walk by faith no matter what we see or don't see or feel or don't feel. We've already committed to that, right? That's how you please God. But we also know that you obey him and walk with him. He is with you, right? And when we're reverencing his name and we draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. 
He, he's going to be there in the midst of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He has been. And he is. And we've experienced some manifestations. But we can experience so much Hallelujah. more. Amen. I mean, his presence can be so strong. Come on. That you forget what time it is. Come on. You forget what day it is. Moses was up there for a month and a half. Didn't drink a drink of water. Didn't eat a bite of food. And didn't care. That's a manifestation of the presence of God. My wife Phyllis, when she was filled with the Spirit, she was a Catholic girl. Didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit except he was on this side over here. And <laughs> really, really she, and, and I didn't know much either. I grew up Pentecostal, but I didn't, I didn't know much either. And um, she, because I kept seeking to be filled with the Spirit, because that's all we were taught was to tarry and seek. And she got tired of, of me uh, doing this every night after the meeting and that kind of thing. And she, she began to think, well, maybe I'm holding up some way. And so she, uh, she came to the altar too and said, well, Lord, if it's me, I don't know about all this stuff. This is new to me. We had just, uh, just married. And, and uh, she fell out under the power. Well, I'm still tarrying. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was funny either. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, my grandmother was secretary and treasurer of the church for... 60 years. Yeah, but that don't, that don't take the place of faith now, does it? And um, so they told her, you've got to get baptized. And so what meant, what they meant is right now in the pond. And it was December. <laughs> and so we thought, okay, that's what you need to do. She said, she didn't know. She said, okay. And so we all loaded up in the cars and it's like 11 o'clock now. And we're driving out to the pond, and it's cold. And so the, the pastor told her, now, now when you go down under the water, just, just expect to be full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost. She didn't know him. She said, okay, all right. And they walked out into the water. She said later, she said, uh, the, the pastor, he kind of he winced when they stepped because it was cold. Water was cold. <laughs> it's pitch black, too. It's midnight, you know, out in the woods, in the pond. <laughs> and and he she said I stepped into the water it felt like a warm tub to me and the reason I'm saying this is because of a, it's a manifestation of the presence of God she uh, her heart was right and she's going along because she didn't, nobody ever said any different and, and so they kept telling her when you go under the water now just believe you you come up talking in tongues she said okay and it's exactly what happened. When she, when the, when the pastor, you know, went down in the water, she said, when she started coming up, she started speaking in tongues underwater. And she didn't eat or sleep for days. I, I was there with her at the house. She didn't need to. She didn't want to. It's the presence of the Lord. A demonstration. Can you see that? Of the Spirit. And of the, the presence of the Lord. If we're bored, if things are old to us, it's not God's fault. It's because we've been doing some things without enough of his presence. Come on, can you see that? And but now, now, right back to the beginning, what can we do about that? 
Y'all taking too long to answer. What, what, what can we do about that? Reverence. Come on, can you see this? Reverence, respect, honor of his things. That's the beginning of these revelations of wisdom and of his presence. And, and it was Moses that said after this, uh, you know, that's the, the very next verse in verse 18. He said, I beseech you, show me your glory. That's what all this started with was about his presence. And he's experienced it. He wants to experience more. He wants, actually, he's asking to experience all of it. Yes. <laughs> it's what he's asking. And the, and the father said, you can't, boy, you can't. You can't take it all. You can't, can't see my face and continue living in this mortal form. Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Father. Let's lift our hands. Let's give the Lord glory and praise. Let's focus on Him. Father, we worship You. We worship You. We worship You. We worship You. Oh, come on, just for a moment. Lift your voice. Think about nothing but Him for a moment. Just give Him your complete focus. I worship You, O Lord. I worship You. I exalt You. I extol You. I glorify You. I reverence and respect and honor Your name and Your Spirit and Your words and Your people and Your things. We honor You in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me quickly, please. Father God, God, open my eyes. eyes. Give me understanding. understanding. Enable me me. to reverence you, to to show honor, honor. to whom honor is due, due. to you, you. your things, your people, as I ought to. I desire it. I'm willing. I'm teachable. I ask for it. I receive it by faith. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a marvelous morning we've had. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Reverence and honor going for the extraordinary amen we're gonna i'm about to pray over the the food the next door and we'll be back at 1 30 hallelujah man just such an awesome presence here and i believe it's going to continue to build and continue to grow and going to continue to give us direction in every way do you believe that oh father we just thank you thank you you being in our midst and we worship you we worship you oh we thank you father we thank you for continuing to direct us and instruct us in the way that we should go bless our fellowship continue to you're you're being in the midst of our presence while we fellowship and we thank you for dr savell and the word that he has for us this afternoon we just thank you that it will continue to take us higher and higher We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next door.